Hello, and welcome back to Latin 3 from the Church of St. Agnes. Today we are exploring our exercises and homework for Unit 30, beginning on page 268 in the Collins book. First of all, we'll take a look at the drills on negative direct commands. Take a look at number one, negeratis vos in isto modo. There we have the ne, the ne plus the subjunctive, a polite command, do not um, carry yourself. Remember, gero means to bear, to carry. Um, when, when used in this case, it means to comport yourself. Do not comport yourself, yourselves in that manner, in that way. Uh, it's the second person plural, subjunctive, in a polite command. So it's a negative direct command. Do not comport yourselves in that manner. Number two, um, let them not take up or uh, consume maybe here the chalice or the cup unworthily, indigne, the opposite of digne, unworthily. Uh, and we have the negative subjunctive, ne sumat, let them not uh, take up or consume the cup unworthily. Uh, number three, non interficies. There we have the future tense used as a command. You will not kill, thou shalt not kill, like our commandment number five says, thou shalt not kill. Uh, remember that a future tense can be used as a command. Uh, number four shows us the use of nolite, the word that we uh, use in a negative command from nolo, the verb nolo, and the singular noli in the plural nolite plus the infinitive. Nolite loqui, do not speak. It's a negative command, the way Latin does a negative imperative. Number five, vade, noli pecari amplius. Come on now. Don't sin further. Don't sin anymore. Here we have noli in the singular. So that's the uh, singular plus the infinitive speaking to one person. Um, good. These are going straightforwardly, I think. I hope that you're understanding them. Number six is uh, one that we don't see quite often. Ne plus the, the um, perfect subjunctive. Sushitaveris tuum patrim. Don't rouse your father. I imagine here it means don't wake. Don't rouse or don't wake up your father. And it's a command. We don't see the, the um, perfect subjunctive used as often as the, other uh, the present subjunctive in commands. But uh, occasionally it will occur, and here is an example of it. Uh, number seven. Nolite vestros in calices meum vinum fundere. So there's our nolite, and we need to see where is that infinitive. Well, there it is at the end of the sentence, the, the infinitive that goes with it. Do not be willing or do not pour. And we see uh, vestros in calices. Now, that's a little strange. Um, but notice, vestros has to go with calices because it's plural. And then we have meum vinum. There's the direct object. Don't pour my wine into your cups or chalices. Notice the position of vestros. Latin sometimes likes to use adjectives 
on the other side of a preposition like this, vestros in calices. Uh, you know the expression perhaps summa cum laude, when someone graduates summa or magna cum laude, it really is cum summa laude or cum magna laude, but Latin likes that balance of putting the adjective on the other side of the preposition. Here we have vestros in calices, into your cups or chalices, don't pour my wine, a plural uh, imperative. And ne simus mesti, uh, negative command in the first person plural, it's a hortatory subjunctive. Let us, let's not be sad. Uh, a polite command, a, a, a hortatory uh, statement. Let's not be sad. And notice it's we, simus, first person plural. So I think those are pretty straightforward. It gives you a good, uh, a good set of examples of the way we use negative commands. Now let's take a look at indirect statements in uh, the form that we learned in this unit, which is the subject in the accusative and the infinitive as the verb of the indirect statement. Remember, introduced by a word of thinking, knowing, or sense perception, um, but no subordinating conjunction like that in English, or like quia or quote or quoniam, which we have been using in our indirect statements. This is that new form that we uh, were introduced to in this unit, and as I told you, the standard form in classical Latin. So let's take a look at number one. Scio meum redemptorum vivere. I know, there's your verb of saying, knowing, thinking, that my Redeemer, there's the subject, in the accusative, vivere, lives. I know that my Redeemer lives or is living. Notice that um, vivere is the present, or the present infinitive to show same time as the main verb. That's uh, the same or contemporaneous time to the main verb. The, pre the present infinitive is used in this construction, in this construction of indirect discourse. Take a look at number two. Jesus demonstravit eise moriturum esse. Jesus demonstrated to them that he, notice the se is the reflexive pronoun reflecting the fact that Jesus is the one that's also the subject of the indirect statement. And um, uh, Collins has gone out on a limb here. Uh, Jesus demonstrated that he is about to die or was about to die. Moriturum esse is actually a form of the future infinitive, which Collins has um, decided not to present until a couple units hence. I don't know why exactly he decided to put this in there. Um, uh, it is the future participle plus the verb to be, and that's how that infinitive is formed. Let's not worry about this one right now. I would translate it, Jesus demonstrated to them that he would die. Um, uh, or you can say he was about to die. Um, we'll talk more about that time relationship when we get to um, using the future infinitives in indirect discourse. Let's take a look at number three. Dix erdunt se templum destruere posse. Ah, now this is an interesting one. There's our main verb of saying dixeron. They said that they, meaning the same people who are doing the saying, they said that they 
Now, we have, notice we have two infinitives. Well, that's because, if you think about it, the verb posse, which means to be able, almost always is followed by a complementary infinitive. You are able to do something. So posse is the main verb of the indirect statement, and then the complementary infinitive is destruere. So they said that they, meaning the same people, were able to destroy the temple. Notice that posse is the present infinitive showing same time as the main verb, which is past. They said yesterday that they were able yesterday to destroy the temple. Now take a look at four, because four is the exact same sentence except for the change of se to eos. And this is crucial in Latin and a very nice thing in Latin. We don't have this in English. Notice what, how we translate this one. They said that they and the eos is not the same people as the people who are doing the saying. We know that in Latin because we have the two words. We have a reflexive say, which means in that case, they said that they, they, they themselves. And here we're talking about some other they. So they said, one group, that they, another group, were able to destroy the temple. Those two sentences, three and four, show you uh, the ability of Latin to um, distinguish between our use of the vague English word they in both of those sentences. So the first one in three, the same people that are doing the saying are the same people that are able to destroy the temple. In four, the people that are doing the saying are different from eos, those that were able to destroy the temple. I hope that's clear. Uh, nice juxtaposition of those two sentences to point out um, the difference between say and eos. Very good. Okay, number five. Dixit eos petrum conoscere. He said that they knew Peter. Eos petrum conoscere. He, they, he said, there's your main verb of saying, introducing indirect discourse. Eos is the subject. Petrum is the object. Conoscere is the verb. Now, someone might say, well, what happens? What, how do we know that eos is the subject and petrum is the object? What would keep us from translating that is, he said that Peter knew them. Well, the, the, there are two things that might keep us from making that mistake. One is, and most importantly, the word order. We, we sometimes say mistakenly, oh, it, it doesn't really, Latin really doesn't have any set sort of word order, or the word order in Latin is not really important. But actually, in certain instances, and particularly in this construction of indirect discourse, word order is important. Um, the other way, of course, is by context, but we don't have context in this isolated sentence. So the word order is primary here, and um, this sentence means he said that they knew Peter. Now, if I wanted to say he said that Peter knew them, I would switch the eos and the petrum in word order, and I would put petrum first. I would say dixit petrum eos conoscere. Um, and that would, that would then mean he said that Peter knew them. 
Now, to avoid all or to avoid most confusion about that, the author could have put Petrum on the other side of Cognoscere. Dixit eos Cognoscere Petrum. And that would make it a little more clear. But you will see sentences like this in Latin. And when you do, and there's some uh, ambiguity, and you don't have context to know which is which, uh, then it's safe to say that the, the first accusative is generally the subject of the indirect statement, and the second accusative is generally the object. So he said that they knew Peter. Okay. Number six, hospes credidit se plus vini habere. Uh, the host believed that he had more wine. Notice, the host believed, we're in perfect tense, so we're past tense, that he, say is the host, right? That's reflexive. The host believed that he had, habere is present infinitive, showing same time as the main verb. And since the main verb is in a past tense. Uh, we translate have in the past. So the, the host believed that he had more, literally, of wine. Remember, this is your partitive genitive, more of wine. We would just say in English, more wine. Okay, number seven. Shivimus eum a Paulo laudari. We knew that he was praised by Paul. We knew that he was praised or was being praised by Paul. The important thing here, laudari, is the passive infinitive. Notice the I ending. Instead of laudare, it's laudari. And we're in uh, past time. We knew that he was praised by Paul. Okay, number eight. Mulieres viderunt Jesum crucifigi. The women saw that Jesus was crucified. We're in past tense again. The women saw, therefore we translate crucifigi at the same time relationship uh, because the present infinitive shows contemporaneous or simultaneous time to the main verb. The women saw that Jesus was crucified. Um, good. Uh, how about nine? Dicis fidem orando cresci. Ah, so dicis, there's your verb of saying. And it's a question. Are you saying, or do you say, that fidem, faith, cresci? There's your passive infinitive of a third conjugation verb. Notice you drop the entire ERE and add an I. So we have cresci. Do you say, or are you saying, that faith is increased by praying, orando. Now, what part of speech is orando? You may have said a gerund. Maybe some of you said a gerundive. Which is it, a gerund or gerundive? I hope you said gerund, because remember, a gerund is a noun, and it only has the four oblique cases in the neuter singular. A gerundive is actually an adjective. So here, by praying. Are you saying that faith is increased by praying, by means of praying? Uh, and it's a question. Good. Now remember on these indirect discourses, uh, this indirect discourse in the classical style here, there is no subordinated conjunction in Latin. 
for that. We have the kinds of indirect discourse that we've seen before and we've used with introduced by quia or quote or quonium, but this indirect discourse, no word for that in, in, in Latin. We simply put the subject of the indirect statement in the accusative and the verb goes in the infinitive. Um, take a look at 10. Audi erant Jesum esse in civitate. They had heard that, we say in English, Jesus was in the city. Now notice, esse is present infinitive, but present infinitive, these infinitives in indirect discourse have relative time value, and the present infinitive shows same time as the main verb. They had heard that Jesus was in the city. Okay? And number 11, vultis mihi dicere maximum apostolorum esse petrum. Okay, so we have vultis, which means, and it's a question, do you wish, do you want, do you wish for me dicere? And remember, volo, the word from which vultis comes, is normally or often followed by a complementary infinitive. That's why we have dicere. So do you wish for me to say that the greatest of the apostles is Peter? That's a question. Do you want me to say, do you wish for me to say, there's our indirect statement introduced by dicere, that, know that in Latin but in English, maximum is in the accusative, the greatest apostolorum of the apostles, partitive genitive, uh, is Peter. And we're in, uh, pre since we're in present tense in vultis, we translate the infinitive uh, or the verb in the indirect statement at the same time as the same time. Do you want me to say that Peter is the greatest of the apostles or that the greatest of the apostles is Peter? So good practice there on our indirect statements. Remember, a verb of saying, knowing, or sense perception introduces an indirect statement. The subject of the indirect statement in the accusative, the verb in the infinitive. That's the major rule. Okay, let's take a look at our exercises um, and the sentences that we uh, indicated for you to do for your homework, beginning with number one. Nihil horum timeas que pasuris es, from the book of Revelations. Okay, um, here we see the verb timeas is a subjunctive. So we have a, uh, a wish uh, or a command, fear, may you fear none of these things, nihilorum, fear none of these things which you are about to suffer or experience. Pasuris comes from patior, doesn't it? To suffer, to experience. So fear none of these things which you are about to suffer or experience. That pasuris s is that future participle plus the verb to be, that paraphrastic form that we've seen before. Um, uh, negative command here, fear none of these things, none of the things which you are about to see. Okay, number four, nolite mirare hoc, quia venit hora in qua omnes, qui in monumenti sunt, audient vocem eos, et procedent, qui bona fecerunt in resurrectionem vitae, Qui vero mala egerunt in resurrectionum judicii. Ah, from the fifth chapter of John. Um, here Jesus, as I recall in that chapter, is remonstrating 
with some of the uh, leaders of the Jews. And he says, don't marvel at this. Don't marvel or don't be amazed at this. Nolite, notice the plural imperative with the, with the infinitive. Nolite mirare hoc. Because the hour is coming in which omnes, all, qui in monumenti sunt, all of those who are in the, the monuments, the tombs, audient vocem eus, will hear his voice and will come forth, procedent. Qui bona fecerent, those who have done bona, good things, into the resurrection of life. Qui vero, vero, but those who have done mala, bad things, into the resurrection of judgment. So there you have it. Don't marvel at this because the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good for or into the resurrection of life, but those who have done bad or evil uh, for the resurrection of judgment. Okay, chapter 5 of St. John's Gospel. Uh, number 5. Ad ili ut viderunt eum ambulantem supermare putaverunt fantasma esse et exclamaverunt. So this is when Jesus is walking on the water. Um, but those guys, meaning the apostles, when at what there is a uh, meaning when with the indicative, when they saw him ambulantem, or as they saw him ambulantem, what kind of him? Walking on the water, him ambulantem supermare on the sea, walking on the sea, putaverunt. They thought phantasma esse that it was a ghost, phantasma, uh, that a ghost existed, and they shouted out, exclamaverunt. So we have an indirect discourse. They thought that it was a ghost, or that a ghost was there, and they shouted out, um, yes. Uh, so I think that's pretty straightforward. How about number seven? Et confestim ad hoc eloquente venit Judas unus ex duodecim et cum illo turba cum gladiis et lignis from the passion scene uh, and immediately uh, oh a nice ablative absolute I hope you recognize it eloquente with that one still speaking ad hoc eloquente with him still speaking the circumstances under which the main verb uh, functions with him still speaking immediately with him still speaking judas comes venit judas unus ex duodecim one of the twelve one from the twelve and cum illo and with him a turba a crowd with swords and clubs lignis means lignum is wood lignis so wooden uh, wooden clubs here so judas one of the twelve and with him a crowd with swords and clubs. Yes, this is when they overtake Jesus in the garden. Judas betrays him. Very good. Okay, let's take a look at nine, a rather long one, but the one that I think you'll be familiar with from the first chapter of Matthew. Heik autem eo cogitante, ece angelus domini insomnis aparuit ei dicens, Joseph filii David. Noli timere a cipere mariam coniugem tuam, quod enim in ea natum est de spiritu sancto est, pariet autem filium, et vocabis nomen eos Jesum, ipse enim salvum faciet popula 
populum sum a pecatis eoro. Okay, I think you know the scene. This is when the when Joseph uh, again a nice ablet of absolute eo cogitante heik with him thinking these things. However, while he was thinking on these things, this is. This is, I think, when Joseph is contemplating um, leaving Mary, putting her away, because uh, he's learned that she's with child, right? So he says, with him thinking these things, behold, Eche, Angelus Domine, the angel of the Lord, uh, insomni isaparot, appeared to him, A.E., in a dream, in dream, right? Insomni is, insomnis, dichen, saying, Joseph, Son of David, Fili David, there's your vocative Fili, son of David, noli timere, there's your negative command, do not fear, do not be afraid, akcipere, to take Mary as your conyugem, as your wife, right? Don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Quod enim, for quod in ea natomes, notice he uses the neuter there, the thing which is has been born in her, or which has arisen in her, natum est, that which has been born in her, est de spiritu sancto, is from the Holy Spirit. Pariet autem filim. However, she will bear a son, and you will call his name, nomineus Jesum, Jesus. For ipse, for he himself, will faciet, will make his people safe from their sins. In other words, that's the idiom. He will save them from their sins. Interesting that uh, he uses the quod natum est, that, that entity, that thing which is in her is from the Holy Spirit. And then he mentions it's a son. So this is the angel speaking. Very nice passage and one with which I'm sure you're familiar. Let's take a look at 10. Nemini quidquam debeatis, nisi ut invicem diligatis, qui enim diliget proximum legem implevit, from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, and it's one of those um, uh, hortatory commands, um, debeatis. Oh, you should owe nothing, you should owe to no one anything, literally. We would say in English, owe nothing to anyone. But here Latin says, to no one you owe, you should owe anything. <laughs> so it's a little, it's a little uh, strangely put in Latin, but uh, good idiom in Latin, not so much in English. So another, remember, debeo means to owe, like you owe money, but when it's followed by an infinitive, it means ought. But here, Paul's talking about literal owing something. So owe to no one anything, to no one owe anything. Nisi, except that, but you love one another, in vicem diligatis, this is what you owe, that you love one another. Qui enim diligit proximum, for whoever loves his neighbor, proximum, legem implevit, has fulfilled the law, right? Um, nice sentence there, okay. Uh, number 12, um, this one comes again from the Exultet, from Holy Saturday, the great Easter prayer uh, or hymn 
sung by the deacon on, on uh, the Easter vigil. Heik nox est, que hodie per universum mundum in Christo credentes, avicii seculi et caligine peccatorum segregatos, redit gratiae sociat sanctitati. This is a rather uh, complicated sentence in, this, in its word order. So uh, in, the, in the great exultet, there are uh, several phrases that begin, heik nox est. This is the night. He's talking about the Easter Vigil night, of course. The poem is talking about the Easter Vigil, the night uh, during which Christ rose from the dead and the light overcame the darkness. So there's a several uh, phrases and clauses that begin with this expression, hate no excess. This is the night, que, which, today, through the universal world, the entire world, now, as we go on, in Christo credentes, avicii seculi in caligine peccatorum segregatos, redit gratiae sociat sanctitati. So the verb of the uh, relative clause introduced by que is redit and sociat. There are two verbs. This is the night which redit gratiae returns to grace. Now, what does it return? Well. We have to go along and we see uh, we're looking for an object and we find it in credentes. Now that's a little tricky because you might not at first think of that as the accusative, but indeed it is. Credentes is the participle standing as a noun in the, as a, the object. So this is the night which returns those believing in Christo. In Christo credentes, that's the object. Those believing in Christ, right? It returns them gratiae to grace and it sociat and it associates them or allies them to sanctitati, to, sanct uh, to sanctity, to holiness. Now, now what's this avicii seculi et caligine peccatorum segregatos? Notice segregatos is the accusative plural, and it modifies credentes. So it's expanding on the credentes, those believing in Christ, right? They throughout the universum mundum, that's just a prepositional phrase, throughout the entire world today, um, this is the night which has, uh, which returns those believing in Christ to grace and associates them with sanctity. Now we've got that phrase. They're not just those believing in Christ, but they have also segregatos. They have been separated or segregated from the vicii seculi, from the vices of the world or of the age and the darkness of sins. So on this night, all of this happens. And, and, uh, Credentes is the object of the verbs rated and sociat, and then it's further modified by the participle segregatos, those believing in Christ who now have been segregated or separated from the vices of the world or the age and the darkness of sin. That whole phrase, the, that whole phrase from a vici segregatos, 
modifies credentes. So one more time, this is the night which today throughout the entire world returns those believing in Christ now having been separated from the vices of the world and the darkness of sin, it returns them to grace and allies them with sanctity. It's a beautiful phrase, a beautiful Latin sentence, but it's complicated. And it's difficult uh, to put into, into smooth English, but the Latin is, is pretty clear. So study that one because that's a nice uh, case lesson in uh, a very uh, nice, long Latin periodic sentence. Okay, uh, number 14, scrutamini scripturas, quia vos putatis in ipsis vitam eternam habere, et ille sunt, quae testimonium perhibent de me, et non vultis veniria me ut vitam habeatis. This again is from that same discourse in John 5 that Jesus is having with the Jewish leaders. He says, you examine the scriptures because putatis, you think vos that you habere vitam eternam, that you have eternal life in them. There is your indirect discourse. You examine the scriptures because you think putatis, vos, that you habere have vitam eternum, eternal life in them. And they are, they, those exist, th those are which bear witness about me. There are those, in other words, at ilesunt, and there are those which indeed bear witness, per hebent testimonium, offer witness de me, about me. And you do not wish to come to me in order that you might have life. Non vultis, there's your volo again with the complementary infinitive, veniri ad me, ut. You, you don't want to come to me so that, it's a purpose clause, so that you might have life. From John 5. So that's a good sentence. I think, I hope it's clear to you now. Okay, let's take a look at 15. Uh, a negative command coming up. Nolite putare, quia ego accusaturusim, Vos apud patrum, es qui accuset vos, Moises, in quo vos speratis. From that same discourse there. Um, don't think, and now notice, we could have our other indirect discourse, but here's one introduced by quia. Don't think that I am about to accuse you uh, in the presence of the Father, that I am going to accuse you. Accusaturisim. Uh, in the presence of the Father. There is one who accu will accuse you, who might accuse you. That's a, a relative clause of purpose. There is one to accuse you, who might accuse you, Moses, in whom you hope. Vos speratis. Yes, so there is one who might accuse you, uh, or to the, that's a, what we would call a relative clause of purpose because accusare is a first conjugation verb and so we have the subjunctive there. There is one to accuse you and that's Moses in whom you have hope. Uh, the important thing there, nolite putare, negative command and followed by uh, indirect discourse introduced by quia, 
not our new type that we're doing in this unit, but the one that we've seen time and time again previously. Okay, 17. Trader autem frater fratrem in mortem, et pater filium, et insurgent fili in parentes, et morte, uh, sorry, I lost my place, uh, et morte eos afficient, et eritis orio omnibus propter nomen meum, qui autem perseveraverit in finem, hic salvus erit. Ah, this is one of the so-called hard sayings of Jesus, indeed. Take a look. Um, he says, however, brother will hand over brother into death, and father will, understood, hand over into death son. And sons or children, filii insurgent, will rise up in parentes against their parents at morte eos afficient, and will uh, apply them or apply them with death, uh, attach them or attack them with death, afficient. Et eritis orio omnibus propter nomen meum. Ah, there I have my one of my favorite constructions. What is it? Eritis orio omnibus. I hope you recognize it. It's the double dative. And you will be, eritis, for the purpose of hatred, odio, in reference to all on account of my name. Did you get that? You will be, verb to be, with a dative of purpose, for the purpose of hatred, in reference to all. In other words, you will be hated by all. All will hate you. Latin, a beautiful idiom. It's very difficult to translate um, literally in English. You can't really. And you will be for hatred in reference, or you will be um, for the purpose of hatred in reference to all. You can't say that. You'll say, you will be hated by all on account of my name. Who, however, will have persevered to the end, this one will be safe. Notice, we have what we call here really a relative condition. The, the qui autem uh, is like saying, see, if someone will have persevered into the end, he will be saved, right? So it's uh, like a future more vivid condition with a uh, future perfect indicative perseveraverit in, uh, in the first clause and then erit in the second. So whoever will have persevered to the end, this one will be safe or saved. Okay, um, one of the hard sayings of Jesus. Number 18. Uh, oramus ergo te domine, ut cherius iste in honorum tui nominis consecratus, ad noctis huius caliginem destruendam in deficiens perseveret. Okay, this again comes from the exultet, and uh, the deacon here is singing about the paschal candle, talking about it. He says, we pray therefore you, Lord, we beg you, Lord, ut that... This wax, cherius, refers to the, the wax of the paschal candle. That this wax, in honorum tui nominis consecratus. What kind of wax? The wax, the candle, having been consecrated in honor of your name, right? That it may, in deficiens, modifies cherius, uh, indefinitely, we'd say, or... Uh, um, undyingly might preserve, right, 
uh, or might persevere. It might persevere. It might continue on. That this light, this candle, consecrating on it might might um, persevere indefinitely, forever. And then we have this phrase, ad noctis huius caliginem destru endam. I hope you recognize that idiom. Ad plus the gerund or gerundive to show purpose. Notice that again. Ad noctis huius caliginem destru endam. Now I'll ask you, is this a gerund or a gerundive? Well, I hope you said gerundive because destru endam is feminine modifying caliginem. It's to show purpose for the purpose of destroying the darkness of this night. Right? That's the reason that this candle is lit. To, to destroy the darkness or the shadow or the uh, haziness, caliginem, of this night. Notice destruendum, as I said, is feminine, modifying caliginum. If it had been a gerund, it would have been destruendum, U-M, which could have been, which it could have been, but this is a gerundum phrase. Both are used, and both with odd plus the gerundum, gerundum, to show purpose. So one more time, we pray, therefore, we beg you, Lord, therefore, that this candle, consecrated in honor of your name, might persevere um, indestructibly or forever in defeatians, undyingly in order to destroy the darkness of this night. A nice sentence. It's a beautiful poem. I hope that uh, you will read it sometime in its entirety. Okay. Uh, 19. Audistis quia dictum est. Diliges proximum tuum et odio habebis inimicum tuum. Ego atem dico vobis. Diligite inimicos vestros et orate pro persequentibus vos. From the Gospel of Matthew. Audistis, you have heard that it was said. You have heard. Audistis, the shortened form, the syncopated perfect for adivistis, right? You have heard that it was said. You will love, there's that command in the future, diliges. You will love your neighbor and you will have, you will hold your enemy odio in hatred or for hatred, right? You have heard that it was said, you will love your neighbor and you will hold your enemy in hatred. I, however, say to you, diligite enemigos vestros, enemigos vestros. Love your, your enemies and pray on behalf of those persecuting you. Persequentibus is, of course, a participle from persequor, to pursue, to persecute on behalf of those persecuting, and then vos is the object after the participle, persecuting you. Good. Okay. Number uh, 20. Um, this is on the way of the cross, isn't it? Jesus stops to speak to the women of Jerusalem um, it's our eighth station. Filie Jerusalem, nolite flere super me, sed super vos ipsas flete, et super filios vestros. This is probably familiar to you. Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me or over me. Nolite is giving a command plus the infinitive. But weep for yourselves, super vos ipsas, for you yourselves, and super filios vestros. 
and for your children or your sons. Yes. Right. Okay. Number 24 is our next one. Dicit ei Jesus, noli me tangere, nondum enem ascendi ad patrum meum, vade autem ad fratres meos, et dic eis, ascendo ad patrum meum, et patrum vestum, et deum meum, et deum vestum. Yes, this is uh, from the Gospel of John. After Jesus' resurrection, he appears to Mary. He says, Jesus says to her, Noli me tangere, don't touch me. There's our negative command. Noli, speaking to one person, plus the infinitive. Don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go, however, vade autem ad fratres mes, to my brethren, my brothers, meaning the apostles, and tell to them, I ascend to my father and your father and my God and your God. Pretty straightforward. Um, a good negative command there. And notice 25. A simple sentence, but it's showing you a nice indirect discourse. Et responderunt se neshire unde eset. And they responded that they, the people doing the responding, are the same as the subject of the indirect statement. And they responded that they did not know whence he was, from where he was. Notice, unde eset, in the subjunctive, that's an indirect question. We have an indirect statement followed by an indirect question. That's very nice. They responded, indirect statement coming, that they, neshire, did not know, and then whence he was, from where he was. And that's why eset is in the subjunctive. Indirect question following an indirect statement. Very good Latin grammar. <laughs> okay, number 28. Sive ergo manducatis, sive bibitis, sive aliud quid facitis, omnia in gloriam dei facite. Nice statement here by St. Paul. Whether therefore you eat or drink or do aliud quid, any other thing, aliud, any other something, omnia in gloriam dei facite. Do all of it in or for the glory of God. It's a good thing for us to remember. I think that's pretty straightforward. Let's do number 32. Nolite putare quoniam veni solvere legem aut profetas. Non veni solvere ser ad implere. Ad implere, I'm sorry. Yes, uh, a negative command. Don't think. Now notice. We have think here, and we, we are expecting an indirect discourse to follow, an indirect statement to follow, and it does. But this one's introduced by quonium plus a uh, finite verb. So don't think that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Yes, we know that statement. Um, so again, here we have our uh, old-style indirect statement. Introduced by quonium. Uh, could have done it another way, but uh, here we, the author has chosen to uh, use uh, quonium with the indicative verb veni. Okay. Number 36. Filius hominis tradendus est in manus hominum. I wanted you to do this one because of the tradendus est. I hope you remember it. The Son of Man must be handed over into the hands of men. Now, tradendus est is the operative important thing here. It is the future passive participle plus the verb to be 
which we commonly call the passive periphrastic. We haven't seen one in a while. Remember, it shows obligation or necessity. The Son of Man must be or ought to be handed over into the hands of men. So don't forget that one. That's uh, it's a good review there. Okay, number 37. Et in via interrogabat discipulos suos dicenses, quem me dicunt esse homines. Ah, this is the great um, uh, episode in uh, Mark. It's also in Matthew. Uh, the confession of Peter, isn't it? And uh, Jesus is there and he says to them, he himself uh, on, on, the, on the way, on the road, was asking his disciples, saying to them, quem me dequent esse homines? Whom do people, homines, men, say that I am. Now that's a little tricky. The word order is a little strange there because we have a question and we have the interrogative pronoun quem starting the question. Whom, the subject is men, homines, who do people, dequent is the verb. Whom do men say, and that's going to introduce indirect discourse uh, in the classical mode, which means an accusative as a subject, whom do men say that may, that I, essay, am? Um, it's, it's packed in there tight, but it's all there. Um, men say that I am whom? You can do it that way. Homines dequent, me essay quem. <laughs> uh, of course, we have to turn it around because the quem comes first. Whom do people say that I am? And remember, the apostles say, well, some people say John the Baptist, others Elijah, a prophet. And then Jesus comes back in sentence 38 and says, et ipse interrogabareos, vos vero quem me dicitis esse, respondens Petrus ait ei, tu es Christus. Yes. And he himself was asking them, but you, vos vero, whom Dicitis, do you say, may essay, that I am? He says, who do people say that I am? They say, oh, yeah, yeah. But who, then Jesus says, well, whom do you say that I am? And Peter says, to es Christus. And of course, in Matthew, he says, uh, no person has revealed this to you, but on high and for this you... Uh, you, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I shall build my church. One of the great Petrine texts, of course, the Confession of St. Peter. Okay, a very nice combination uh, there in, uh, of sentences and uh, indirect discourse. Um, a little tricky because of the word order. Work it out, think about it, and I think you'll see it clearly. Okay, number 40. Clamans voce magna Jesus ait pater in manus tuus commendo spiritum meum et heic dicens expiravit. Yes, this is Jesus' last words on the cross in the Gospel of Luke. And crying out with a great voice, Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And saying these things, heic dicens expiravit, he let out his breath, he expired, right? Yes, he breathed hard, let out his breath, breathed out the spirit. Okay, um, let's take a look at number 43. 
et nolite judicare et non judicabimini. Yes, um, uh, negative command again with nolite. And do not judge, do not be willing to judge, do not judge, and you will not be judged. There's your passive uh, future, judicabimini, judicabimini, very good. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Okay, 49. Ex ibant autem daemonia a multis clamantia et dicentia, tu es filius Deus, et in crepans non sinebat ea loqui, quia sciebant ipsum esse Christum. This is the scene when Jesus is casting out demons, isn't it? It says, however, the demons, demons were exiting, ex ibant, from uh, multis, from many demons that were clamantia et dicentia, shouting and saying, Tu es filius Dei, you are the Son of God. And rebuking them, this is Jesus, he did not allow them, he was not allowing them to say these things because they knew, indirect discourse coming, ipsum, that he, essay, was the Christ. Remember, Jesus doesn't want them to spread this out yet in his public ministry. He tells them, don't say anything. Of course, people say things all the time. They don't listen to him. But at any rate, in crepons there means rebuking them. He was not allowing them to say these things because they knew that he was the Christ. Very good. Notice clamantia and dicentia, participles, modifying daemonia, neuter plural, right? These demons. Okay. And number 50. Non enem judicavi shire me aliquid inter vos nisi Jesum Christum et hunc crucifixum. This is St. Paul speaking. I like this quote. He said, I have not determined, I have not judged, I have not determined to know, or I, I'm sorry, I have not determined that I know anything inter vos among you Nisi, except or unless Jesus Christ and this one crucified. Um, the known can be taken with Yudikavi or even uh, with Shire. And it's an indirect statement, isn't it? For, we could say in the positive sense, I have judged or I have decided that I do not know, may non Shire, anything among you except Jesus. Or you could say, I have not decided, I have not judged that I know anything among you. Either way, but it's probably more clear in English to say, I have, I have indicated, I have judged that I do not know anything among you other than except Jesus Christ and this one crucified. Um, notice the word order is a little strange. It might be a little tricky for you. Um, the yudikavi is the main verb introducing the indirect statement. I have judged that may, that I, shire, do not know anything aliquid intervos except Jesus. So that's what Paul says. I know nothing uh, um, uh, among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, that's sentence 50, and that completes our, our sentences. And now we have the reading, number two, the expulsion of the devils in Gerasa. 
Um, and this is one of the most interesting and peculiar uh, passages in the gospel, I think, in the gospel of Mark. Um, let's take a look at it. Et venerum transfretum maris in regionum gerasenorum. Et exeunte eo de navi statem occurret e de monumentis homo in spiritu mundo, qui domicilium habebat in monumentis. <coughs> okay, so they came, and they came across the strait of the sea into the region of the Gerasenes. Okay, this is the apostles. And um, et exeunte eo de navi, the apostles in Jesus. And we have a nice ablet of absolute here, don't we? With him exiting from the boat. That's the circumstances under which the main clause function. Telling the circumstances. Eo in the ablative, exeunte, modifying it, ablet of absolute. With him exiting from the boat. Statim occurred. Immediately there ran up ae to him from the, the tombs, from the monuments. Homo, a man... In spirito mundo, with in an unclean spirit, qui domicilium habeba, who is having his domicile or his place of living, uh, in monumentis among the among the tombs. He lived among the tombs, right? Et neque catenis yam quisquam eum poterat ligare, quoniam sepe comperibus et catenis vinctus dirupiset. Catenas et comperes cominuiset, et nemo poterat eam domare. Hmm. Uh, amazing. So, uh, this man uh, who was living um, among the tombs, okay, and neither by chains was anyone ever able to bind him, since often competibus et catenis vinctus, bound by shackles and chains, dirupiset, he broke through the chains, et competes cominuiset, and tore to pieces or smashed to pieces the shackles. So um, this is a guy that, uh, now anyone was, there was not anyone who was able, poterat ligare, to bind him or to, to, to throttle him with, uh, with chains, um, since often vinctus comes from vincio, to, to bind, having been bound up with shackles and chains, he had smashed the chains or broken the chains and smashed to pieces the shackles, right? At nemo poterat eum domare, and no one was able to uh, literally dominate him or to tame him, to subdue him, uh, right? Okay. Et semper nocte ac dia in monumentis et in montibus erat clamans et concidens et lapidibus. My goodness, see? So, uh, and always nocte ac dia during night and day, night and day, uh, in the, among the tombs he was, and in the mountains, shouting and uh, smashing himself up with rocks, cutting himself up or smashing himself up with stones, with rocks. Um, 
et videns jesum alonge cucurit et adoravit eum, et clamans voce magna dicit, quid mihi et tibi jesu fili dei altissimi? Uh, interesting. Uh, and seeing Jesus from afar, he ran up and adored him, and shouting with a great voice says, quid mihi et tibi? What's this to me and you? What, what, what goes on here with me and you? What's, what business to me and you, uh, Jesus, son of the most high, uh, the most high God? Uh, then he says, um, Adjuro te per deum ne me torqueas. I adjure you, I implore you, I implore you through God, by God, don't torture me. There's that uh, negative command with the subjunctive. Name me torques. Don't torture me. Don't torture me. Dicebat enem ille. For he was saying to them, this is Jesus was saying to them, exi spiritus imunde ab homine. Leave, get out, unclean spirit. Get out from the man. Exi ab homine. So Jesus was casting out the spirit, saying, exi ab homine, and the possessed man was begging him, what's going on here with me and you, Jesus? I beg you through by God, don't torture me. Okay? Et interrogabat eum, quod tibi nominis. And he asked him, Jesus asked him, quod tibi nominis, what name is there to you, literally? What to you name is there, right? That's a date of a possession. What name do you have? Your name is what, right? What name to you? Edicide, and he says to him, Legio nomen mihi est, quia multisumis. Legion is the name to me, literally. My name is Legion. Again, date of a possession. Verb to be um, the possessor in the dative and the thing possessed in the nominative. The name to me is legion, because we are many. A legion, of course, 6,000 soldiers in the Roman army, so there are a lot of them. Et deprecabatur eum multum, ne se expellere extra regionem. And he was begging him, right, much, that he not expel him from the region. Now we know what happens after, right? Did he not drive him out of the out of the territory? We, if you remember the story, um, uh, there's a, a herd, a giant herd of swine there. I think a couple thousand, if I remember correctly, and um, these spirits are uh, are cast out of the man and go into the herd of swine, and then they. Uh, rampage off the edge of this giant cliff uh, into oblivion down there and they're destroyed. So it's one of the most interesting and rather strange stories in uh, the Gospel of Mark. But there it is. You're reading it in real Latin, unchanged, uncut from the Vulgate. Uh, and you should congratulate yourself that uh, all of your hard work is paying off and you're, you're reading real Latin. So uh, that ends our lesson for today, our, our review of our homework. Uh, I hope that I've uh, been able to clear up any problems you had. I hope you understand everything. 
Remember, if you have a question or there's something you need to, you would like to have further explained, don't hesitate to send me an email, uh, and I'll be glad to answer any questions you have. So until next time, when we introduce our next unit, uh, I'll sign off and say have a great week, a great day, a great week, and um, good luck in studying your Latin. Bye-bye.